Hi, Bol, everyone. Uh, my name is Kishore Chandra, and we're here for Chit Chat with myself and Jai Jagannath Prabhu. Uh, so we come on here every evening at 6 p.m. Eastern Time, and uh, we talk about spiritual topics. Um, and it's, it's been very fun. <laughs> Sometimes things get a little spicy. Welcome into Lake Adavi and PV Chat. Welcome, Money Blue Skies. Welcome, welcome everyone. We'll get started in just a moment. Just a moment, um, Jai Jagannath will sign on and then we will start our chit chat. Welcome everyone. Hope you're having a wonderful day. Our Jai Jagannath is here and we will get started. Welcome, Sean. Welcome everyone. Hari Paul. Hi, Bol. Hey. So, what did the fitness philosopher leave us with yesterday? <laughs> you, scre you screenshot it. I screen. I you screenshotted it. <laughs> I was about to say, what's the past tense of that? I don't know, I don't know if we can say that on air. Yeah, he screenshotted it. <laughs> he, he, he screen shot it. Shot it. <laughs> Does it not change for the for the path he screenshot? I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. Oh wow, the ghettoness. I did screen shot it. That sounds wrong. <laughs> that sounds wrong. You screenshotted it. I, I screenshotted it. Oh my god. But I didn't look before chit chat, so I don't remember. <laughs> it was something regarding how we, like, we move in between. Oh, I kind of remember. It was like, how do we, how do we deal? I remember. I remember. Exactly. It was like, how do we deal with kind of like the unfortunate fluid reality that we're living in, in regards to identity, right? So like, we we don't have a, a strong hold on who we are. We don't have a strong hold on our identity. And not only that, but we live in a society that's kind of like embracing and pushing us to accept this like fluid identity thing. Okay. Um, how do how do we embrace that with like fixed fixed understandings of identity in like bhakti and bhagavata? I think that was the question. I'm not sure. <laughs> I can, I can, I can like go into my phone and look at it, but it'll like pause chit chat if I do that. That would be the most, um, I also scream. Shoot at it. <laughs> <laughs> I screamed, shot it. <laughs> Sorry y'all. And, um, but I also didn't look at it. All right. Anyway. That was kind of the topic we were taking up yesterday. Maybe he because he came later. Yeah. Um, and I don't. Uh, yeah. So the topic we brought up yesterday. You have a world where we're encouraged to be like fluid. Yeah. And kind of move in and out of identities and, and so yeah. on. Whereas the scripture has like very fixed identities and like they're like kind of like fixed roles that you're intended to. 
Shiva's here. He can ask the question again. Shiva, what did you ask yesterday? We forgot the, the, <laughs> the wording of it, and we're kind of speculating a little bit. And we screenshooted it. <laughs> we screen. What's the correct? Is it just screenshot? I think I it must be a screenshot. Anyway. Um, um, all right. Anyway, as a less. She, Wait. we hope that you're rephrasing the question for us. We're going to answer our speculative version of the question. Wait, but I also want to mention, you know, because something this became clear to me as we were speaking yesterday and then today, I think that, you know, because like, I don't know if you've heard of this word, like intersectionality. Of course. And like, yeah. Course. And like, you know, embracing all your identities at once and like being able to like move from one identity to another identity. And I kind of brought up this thing yesterday. I was reading in Chaitanya Charitamrita Prabhupada's purport saying that like the, the, the sadhu, right, the, the acharya, like they're able, they're able to kind of like hold those contradictory things at once. So I think, I think the acharya can do it. I think the saint can do it. I think the problem happens when we try to do it, you know, essentially when we try to say like, yes, I can hold all contradictions i can hold all my contradictory identities all at the same time without getting attached to any of them you know i feel like that's a very tall order for the neophyte not even for the neophyte for someone who is really engaged in the material modes of nature it seems to be like a very you know you know what i'm saying right like it seems yes. it, it's it seems very difficult to do when you're caught in the material modes of nature to say like, yeah, I can be totally intersectional constantly, you know, I'm just like, well, really? yeah, I, you know, I've, I'm going to deviate from perhaps the precise understanding of intersectionality, but mm. oh, yeah, I guess the basic understanding is that there are different aspects of a person's identity. Mm. Um, and what I understand intersectionality generally as it's presented in terms of like the oppression topic. Like there are aspects of one's identity that intersects and leaves you kind of alienated from mm. certain communities because like, for example, one may be black, so you're alienated from one group, but then you're also, let's say LGBT. So you also get alienated from another group. Mm -hmm. And so this may not be the precise, anyway, these are made up terms. I, I, I think following our discussion yesterday, so everyone has aspects of our identity that intersects. Mm -hmm. um, inter um, everyone has, you know, these sort of different identities that kind of come together in one vessel of the, the gross physical body and, and mind. Mm -hmm. It seems to me that the Vedic culture, they had, using the topic that we brought up yesterday, there's a fixed archetype that holds all of those parts of identity yeah. and that allows you to navigate your reality with clarity of like action in the world and clarity of purpose mm. so so like i was mentioning yesterday archetypes exist beyond all these different aspects of identity that we tend to latch on to mm. so whether you're looking in african culture or european culture or uh uh, Native American culture, you'll find all these sort of archetypes manifesting in their those cultural the cultural myths of those lands. Mm. 
Mm. So you'll, you'll find the hero archetype, the villain archetype, the warrior, the lover, the king. There's all these archetypes that exist there. And as I was mentioning yesterday, these archetypes are kind of part of the blueprint of nature. And so when you can identify them and, and kind of embody them, then you start to mm. live in harmony with nature. Mm. So although you may have, you know, you may be, you know, a person of color, what is, you know, a certain sexuality and maybe a certain religion, a certain economic background and so on, mm. Mm. that won't be as important as the particular archetype that you're embodying to navigate your movement through nature. Mm. So, and so part of our discussion yesterday, what happens in the modern world with the modern youth, millennials and, and I guess Generation Z, that's the next one, is that they have no awareness of these sorts of archetypes. Mm. Uh, their nature, the general term we use for nature is swabhava. So mm. their nature is quite confused. We've brought this up several times on, on chit chat. The Varna yeah. Sankara problem or the Sankara Sankara, the, mix, the mixing of natures. Yeah. Uh, so people's nature is not fixed. So without a, a fixed swabhava to kind of identify with, and I'm going to use the word archetype, then you don't have a fixed swadharma, mm. which kind of helps you, okay, this is what I'm doing in the world. Mm. And then confusion about your swadharma tends to eclipse the existential concern, which is kind of like the real purpose of life. To figure out who am I, what is the source of everything, mm. um, how do I return to that source or discover it, and so on. That's like kind of the existential issue. But when you're kind of, when you're concerned about the psychological stuff mm. and the uh, confusion around what you're supposed to do because the psychological stuff isn't clear to you, then mm. all the existential issues, which is supposed to be the real focus of human life, get just totally neglected. Mm. And you kind of you kind of just get moved by uh, nature, sort of floating around without aim, without purpose. Everything is kind of mm. random, no, mm. directionless. Um, so that problem comes up. So it seems to me like as a strategy for a person who's struggling with this sort of thing, which is really a common struggle amongst the younger generations, mm. is kind of instead of get, get, zooming in on all these different aspects of your personality of, of your embodiment so i'm this race and i'm this gender and i'm this sexuality and i'm in this instead of looking at that it it will be more useful for us i'm suggesting at least to discover these um primordial archetypes mm. that help souls and human bodies navigate life mm. uh, for, for this reason, study of myth has always been a, a kind of important part of the culture. You know, by looking at a myth, like the modern myth of, of the day is something like Avatar, the last era. Mm. <laughs> it's kind of like a modern myth. And people can kind of find themselves within the story that they're hearing. And finding themselves within a particular character of the story, they kind of get a sense of what they have to do, you know, by uh, vicariously, uh, yeah, by vicariously experiencing the journey of the character in the myth, mm. they get a sense of what they're supposed to do if they are indeed that archetype or embodying that sort of energy. Mm. So it seems like a good strategy to kind of discover those archetypes, which myth 
serves as a really good source of that. They're yeah. trying to like zoom in on all these like tiny aspects of identity which are here today and gone tomorrow. Mm. And which often don't offer any clarity. Like I'm sorry to say this. I remember growing up and watching Queer as Folk. That yes. that show was kind yes. of revolutionary for the time. <clears throat> and there was this character I remember named Brian. Brian. Mm -hmm. He was like yeah. the the uh his archetype was just like the playboy. Yeah. Which is nasty anyway. So he was a playboy of the story. And he kind of had this, yeah, this sort of apathetic mood towards sex, towards people, mm. except for his friends. And he was basically the jerk. No one really liked him. But he would always like drop things that were just like really real that no one really wanted to hear. And I remember at one point in that story, um, he was telling there was something about some of his friends, they were really jacking up their lives. Maybe mm -hmm. he was jacking up his life. And a friend said, what does this teach you? And he said, this teaches me that, excuse my Sanskrit here, but he's like, gays can F up their lives just like straight people. <laughs> and I really remember like appreciating that. Like, mm -hmm. it's not that because like nowadays people tend to sell their identity as some sort of virtue. Mm -hmm. Like, it's like, well, what can you tell me about yourself? I'm black. Like, I don't give a fuck. Like, <laughs> you're black. Like, that's not a virtue. It's not a virtue to be black. Mm. Okay, it's not a virtue to be a victim. Like, nowadays, it's become the norm to sell your victimhood as a sort of virtue. Mm. Like, you know, I've been mistreated in so many ways. Therefore, I'm entitled to your sympathy, to your money, to mm. your... But... Granted, you may have a case to build around certain things if you have been a victim of something, but being a victim doesn't make you virtuous. Mm. Being black doesn't make you virtuous. Being gay doesn't make you virtuous. Being a woman mm. doesn't make you virtuous. So those aren't really archetypes as such, although they are also, in a sense, archetypes because they always exist in nature, mm. these sorts of... But they don't, they're not really archetypes to help you guide the direction of your life. So those sorts of things aren't going to be useful for anyone. Mm. So I, anyway, the reason I brought up the queerest folk example is because I really like that example. Like, yeah, rather you're <laughs> this sexual or that, you can really jack up your life. You need to figure mm. out what, who, you know, what are you trying to embody? Mm. Again, the archetype word and what direction that is taking you in. Mm. Instead of zooming in on these other identities that really don't give you that guidance as such. That, yeah. I don't want to downplay their importance in your life experience. They will obviously have importance in life experience. But they yeah. don't seem to offer much in terms of like guidance and direction, yeah. directionality, which is where, which is what you kind of need to move in life. Yeah, it's really interesting that you, I, I like a lot of the examples that you've brought up because I think when we look at like, um, you brought up this point of like living vicariously and uh, like this and something that's really interesting, um, I'm, I, I might have some details blurred because it's been a long time since I studied this, but I used to like study uh, like Greek theater and I was like really into it. And, mm. and uh, like back in like ancient Greece, the theater was not really like entertainment and rather it was like a very important part of society right. where, like, ba where, where basically like archetypes were shown Right. And there was like, and the majority of the Greek theater was a tragedy. 
And mm-hmm. so therefore it was supposed to be like, that's where the word catharsis comes from. So it was essentially like this, this social ill that needed to be kind of like purified out of society. And the way that Greek society, ancient Greek society was doing that was through the theater. And so it was like a very important tool where like I'm going to the theater as a very visceral, communal um, participation and understanding like that this is something that I shouldn't do. You know, I shouldn't like commit patricide. I shouldn't like sleep with, you know, whatever, like ancient Greek plays are like out there, you know? Right. And so it's like, and, and there was like supposed to be this like communal cleansing that happened. Right. Of, wow. Of, nice. Et cetera. And rather something that, you know, I brought this up in chit chat before in regards to kind of like image, identity, um, consumption, product, you know, all of this kind of stuff. And so now theater or TV or like whatever, you know, social media, it's really interesting when people are like, say things like, oh, it's all just, you know, a theater and whatever. And usually people are using that as a pejorative sense in the sense that like, it's all just kind of like uh, bells and whistles and you know, it's all just like this, this, this charade. But in reality, in the past, like ancient past, the theater performed a very specific function in society. And like through time, through history, it's now become kind of this, like we just go there to get entertained. You know, we go to the theater to get entertained. We go to the movies to just get entertained. We kind of turn off our, you know, whatever emotional, whatever. We turn it off. We just go there to kind of like, um, what's the word I'm looking for? Decompress. Numb. Yeah, like numb, numb. Yeah. To numb ourselves, to decompress ourselves from the hamster The interesting wheel, thing about that, I mm. feel like the interesting thing about that is that it still educates. Mm. But it's not in intentional or maybe it is intentional and we don't know about that but you know that's my tinfoil hat coming in for a second i'll take (laughs) it off now but the 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 problem is that our modern stories you know the ones that we all like to indulge in whether it's a game of thrones or it's a a tv series or what these are actually myths also in the real sense and they also they also um inculcate certain lessons into the psyche or Or, yeah, inculcate, I wouldn't say lessons per se, but they inculcate certain patterns of thinking into the psyche. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Now, when we're watching those as children, frankly speaking, even as adults, (laughs) we don't know what's coming into the psyche and how that's programming us in a certain way. I I even heard the word entertain. When you look at the etymology of the word, I did look it up, but I kind of forgot it now. Maybe we can, I don't know, not near my computer, but the etymology of the word entertain means like to hold in place, you know? And you're kind of like held in place and then we're allowing certain things to enter the psyche. Yeah. So with these older plays, and this is actually very much true of old Indian Rasa theory also. Mm. The whole idea is that when you go to a drama, you're taken out of your own ego preoccupation into the world of drama. Yeah. And depending on who's, written the drama all dramas in the past in the old ancient world were written by coveys mm. the coveys are the smartest people in the culture the covey mm. means poet and even the first the architect of the universe known as lord brahma he is called as the adikavi mm. krishna mm. is that person who can bewilder 
the suras, even the Adi Kavi can be bewildered by Krishna. Mm. And he is the first Kavi who received the Brahma. The Brahma mm. means the spiritual knowledge. Tene Brahma Hrida in his heart from that Krishna. Um, so these Kavis, they were the smartest people of the culture and they would write these dramas in order to inculcate into the minds of those who would watch them the, like the pure spiritual science. Mm. And so although you were watching a myth or a drama, you were getting all the necessary nourishment for your soul to mm. come out of matter. It's even interesting if you look at the Uddhava Gita, that one of the types of sadhanas that Krishna prescribes is drama, performance mm. of his leelas. Mm. And that's still a thing in India. I don't know how pure it is. Like I know Srila Bhakti Siddhanta, who was Prabhupada's guru, he didn't encourage his followers to go and see these dramas. But mm. in India, in the Dhams, they were called Rasa Leelas. Mm. And they were basically depict the Leela of Krishna and people will come and watch it. And the whole idea was to take you out of your ego world into the world of Krishna Leela, the drama mm. of Krishna Leela. Mm. And by doing so, you'll identify with some of the characters and their mood of love towards Krishna. And that way you will also develop love for Krishna. Just by kind of experiencing the character's emotions vicariously through the drama. So drama had this power and it still has this power. Unfortunately, yeah. the dramas or the myths that we tend to indulge aren't for bringing enlightenment. Like how come all the, okay, characters we like are like terrible people. Okay, I'm going to get my, I ain't going to lie. I like the vampire, witchy, drama sort of stuff. Um, it's like really cool fantasy. You know? <laughs> yeah. But I, did, I happened to notice this one time when I was looking yeah. at like a vampire witch flick or something. I was like, this shit is terrible because they got me rooting for the guys that are literally killing people and sucking yeah. off their blood. Yeah. And so I remember when that occurred <laughs> to me, I was like, wait a minute, this is wrong. <laughs> like they've manipulated my heart. The drama has manipulated my, it's like kind of circumvented all the sort of yeah. like reasonable triggers. Like saying, wait, this is wrong. Yeah. Like to kill an innocent person, yeah. drinking all their blood and killing them. So, so you can like be with the love of your life. I'm like, that's, that's evil. And yet here I am rooting for you. So that's just an example of how the, the sort of modern myths and stories, they, are really terrible archetypes. Yeah. And what's happening is that the younger generation, I'm talking, I, I, like I said yesterday, I include myself within the younger generation, <laughs> even though I am getting in that ancient level, I'm still a younger generation. <laughs> we are, we try to embody these archetypes. When, mm. I, when I was in New York City, I would see boys and girls imitating the relationships mm. that they would see in their TV shows or movies mm. or saying being savage being <laughs> you know ratchet because that's what's popular in the modern myths that we see um and so I, it becomes like a very dangerous thing actually i'm laughing because i'm thinking about like yeah something embarrassing right i'm thinking about something embarrassing and like you know the, the, the heroes or like the people that kind of are like put to us in society as role models and for some reason, like, Cardi B just popped into my head. Well, Cardi like, B did an interview with Joe Biden. Like, I know. Cardi Cardi B, but, wait, but wait, but wait. But, like, there's a part of me that I'm just like, yeah, Cardi B, like, get it. You know, like, she, she, <laughs> she ghetto. She, like, you know, she hood. 
like whatever. She's making funny things, and then she came out with that. I don't know if you saw the uh, music video. I haven't, but it, I haven't it seen blew, it. it blew I, up on social media. I haven't, I haven't the seen the music video either, but it blew up on social media. And then she did an interview with Joe Biden, and I was just like, and I really was thinking, I'm like, you go, girl, like go Cardi B, whatever. But then I was just like, wait a minute. You know, I know what this video is about, and I know, like, like I know what this stands for, and I just like had to have this moment of like, how, how did society get me loving Cardi B? Like, what happened? Like, where, right. where am I? You know, and it's it's just a yes. really interesting thing to I like that etymology of the word entertain to hold in place. You know, because it's like we're held. Basically, it's like you know the 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 Indian. Uh, ancient theater you were bringing up or the, the Greek ancient theater. It's like, it was highly intentional and it was utilized as a tool for, for purification. It was utilized as a tool for spirituality, essentially. And it's like, I think that the problem becomes when we are not aware that those similar tools are being utilized in our society, but for very different purposes, you know, right. for the purpose of holding us in place for the purpose of pitting us against each other on identity politics, for the purpose of, you know, making us into a consumer depraved culture like this, because it's like, I mean, we don't have to go into this. You go to the movies, you listen to the music. What are we listening to? We're listening to Cardi B, you know, go to the movies. What are we watching? It's, like and it's all this stuff. Yeah. You know, I get like, the amazing thing about it is that like, once you see it, you can't unsee it. So you <laughs> yeah. think that, you think you're immune to it. This is yeah. the trick. This is the trick of Maya. It's like, cause she's like, okay, I can see this is, this is political programming going on here. This is this idea here. So you think that now I've become immune to it because I can see it, yeah. but the mind is not so discriminatory. Mm -hmm. So once you allow something into the psyche by watching it, it transforms the mind, whether your mm -hmm. intelligence is able to discern that this is not good for you or not. Uh, case in point, you have the story of Ajamil. So mm. Ajamil sees, you know, basically he sees a hookup in the forest. And he doesn't even, he was like a pure Brahmana. Uh, so he wasn't accustomed to people like hooking up right in the public like that. So a very common affair in, in the city, but he wasn't used to that. So he saw that and it excited lust in his heart. He got back home. He was trying to apply his intelligence to keep his mind focused on, mm. you know, the right principle, but his mind had already been transformed. Mm. And so it was just only a matter of time before he lost that battle. Mm. As Ramanujacharya, he points out in his commentary in the Gita, y'all know the verse, mm. So by contemplating the objects of the senses, so that means if you're watching that series, you contemplate the objects of the senses. <laughs> by contemplating, attachment comes up, and from attachment, comma, mm. the thirst to have, the thirst to imitate, the thirst to emulate, just like you mm. see a, a romantic comedy, one of the worst things you can do to your psyche. When you like single, and you want, you like, <laughs> You feel that, that itch for a relationship, so you watch like a romantic comedy. One of the worst things you could do for your psyche. <laughs> it's so true. And you watch it and you're like, wow, that is so cute. It's so beautiful, so wonderful. So then karma comes up, the, mm. the desire to emulate or to imitate. Mm. Ramadhan Jacharya, he makes a comment in his Gita commentary, his Gita Basha, 
that um, once comma comes up, finished. I always I like to give the image of when you're on a water slide. Once <laughs> you let go of the top, you win the slide. You can't go back up once you win the slide. Like, oh no, this is too scared. Let me go back up. Nah, bro, you let go. Now you're gonna have to ride this <laughs> this this water out, this slide out until you fall into the pool. And that verse from Gita ends with Buddhi Nasha Pranashati, from the destruction of Buddhi, your mm. rational capacity, from the destruction of that Pranashati, you perish. Mm. Mm. You are immersed in the central pools of. So, anyway, the reason I bring this up is that with, once you see something, you can't unsee it. So, you think that somehow you're immune to contamination. Like, I feel like that. Like, yeah. if I, when I watch let's say Avatar, and that's the innocent stuff that I watch. Um, you watch something, you feel like, oh, yeah, I see what's going on here. This is this, this is that. But actually, your psyche is getting molded by that. So yeah. even if your intelligence is able to discern what happens, your psyche actually is getting molded. And before you know it, you will find yourself doing that which you, your intelligence does not allow you to would, would advise against. Like, Arjun, yeah. his whole question is that. Why and, am I impelled to sinful activity even unwillingly? Mm, um, mm. He says, even without desire, like, I don't want to do that because my rational capacity is, is advising me against that. And yet I do it anyway. That's because we've allowed ourselves to indulge something, to be entertained, to be held in, held in place, yeah. and to allow all these some scars to enter into the psyche the mm. mind gets molded accordingly, as it must, because that is just the nature of it. Yeah. Our intellect can see what's going on, but it has not stopped the molding process by yeah. stopping the senses interaction with that thing. And then before you know it, you're like, you're like arguing with your friends over some stuff. Now, how much of your argument is coming from, like, to be honest with you, I'm not trying to call devotees out because I would be a hypocrite to do so, so I don't want to do that. But I do wonder... Like devotees who are like so passionately about this or that thing in the material world, especially around issues of politics and so on, I really want to know how much sudden are they doing. I'm sorry, I just I, I like I want to know, bro. You sitting here yelling at me about what's right and what's wrong, bro. How many rounds you're chanting? How mm. much scripture do you hear versus reading the newspaper? How mm. much scripture are you hearing versus hearing um, the the Netflix and so on? Mm. Now I ain't calling you out. Because I like a little Netflix too. <laughs> I like a little, you know, newspaper, you know, Armageddon stuff too. But therefore, I'm not going to moralize you because mm. I don't, I can't always tell if what I'm, where I'm coming from is like just purely bhakti center. Because everyone wants to present their, this is the more compassionate way, this mm. is the more bhakti way. Like, I take for granted you're a devotee, so you definitely got some bhakti element. But how much of that is, like, <laughs> programming from Netflix, from news, and all of that? Uh, we ain't that advanced. Exactly. We ain't that advanced to say that yeah. we're not. Pro the very fact that we allow yeah. our psyches to be held in place to receive this message. You know, I really have to run there. And I'm sorry to say, like, I'm not trying to call the voice out of God. So please don't hold this against me. Mm. But when I see, if I see you moralizing me, you saw me getting sassy the other day on Facebook because I, I got upset. I want to know. How many rounds yeah. you chat today, bro? Let me know. How many rounds? How much Tasha did you hear versus hearing all this other stuff? I'm sorry. I know I rambled on a lot because I was no, I think it, anyway.
I think it's I think it's good that you've rambled on because you've really hit the nail on the head when it comes like we've been talking about a lot of different kind of topics, but they all it all merges together here because I think like that's why that's why identity politics can be really dangerous because because people people myself included people think that it I can hold on to my identity right the very I can perform that identity without letting what the world or what the society has is programming via that identity into me. I think that I'm immune to that. I think that I'm not going to be susceptible to it. But it's not that easy, folks. You know? nah, it, it doesn't it's, work it's, it like doesn't, that. It doesn't work like that. I can't be like, yeah, I'm for this you know, identity and I'm part of it and I'm whatever. Da, da, da. And then all of a sudden, instead of that identity becoming a vehicle, like we spoke about yesterday, that identity starts to concretize, it starts to take over me, the sunskaras that are, you know, part of that identity, all of that stuff just like, it comes into me. Because something I mentioned maybe a few chit-chats ago, I've mentioned it various times, is the bargaining aspect, right? Like I oftentimes think, I oftentimes think I can bargain. Oh yeah, I can like... I can like be with this identity group and like I can perform and do that thing. And I can also do this, you know? Right. And I can also, I can also like be Krishna conscious and a devotee and da, da, da. I'm just like, I don't know if it works that way. I have lived experience that it does not work that way because you know, you were bringing in this topic of karma, which I thought it was really far. It was really funny that Parmananda was like, Oh, Parmananda was there? Yeah, Parmananda said, thinking back, I think karma was always on cat blocks for me. <laughs> so I think, that, I think that, you know, you brought in this really interesting point of karma where it's just like all of these, you know, identities are infused with karma. All of these very politicized identities that are currently on debate right now, or they're on the they're on Absolutely. the social forefront. They're infused with comma. So Absolutely. for me to think, so for me to think that I can bargain and just feel, I'll just do a little bit of it. You know, I'm just gonna participate a little bit in it, and then I'm also gonna be Christian conscious. Like it just doesn't work. You know, I'm coming to that conclusion all the time. I'm someone who's trying to bargain a lot. I'm just like, well, can I just a little bit, a little bit? Right. But it's like no. It doesn't so work. nice. I really like that point because yeah, it brings all the kind of aspects of this today's conversation together yeah we indulge the modern myths or dramas mm. and the archetypes there first of all are just like bad people <laughs> like at least from a vedic standpoint they're they're not good people <laughs> no. um and, and that you know that may be at best like that's like minimum they're just not good people but they may be like worse than that but yeah. more than that they're infused with comma <laughs> So when we indulge them, these archetypes, they come into our mind along with those commas, those various desires. And then before you know, we find ourselves playing out the drama that we've been watching this whole time. You're I, laughing I, at something. I was just laughing that PB Chat says, yeah, all of a sudden I'm humming a Cardi B song. PB Chat, you don't know how hard it's been for me to not watch the new video. I've just had to be there like... I don't need I, this in I've my psyche. To, I don't. I don't need this in my psyche. I like. I like her as a person. I'm just like she. She. She kind of like speaks to that like hood side of you know like. I'm just yeah, like, I mm -hmm. see that. I've seen a couple of memes with her where I can see the appeal. Yeah. But I also realize the appeal is because just there's so much tamagoon. Yeah. That I exactly. that I grew up with that I find like being savage. Yes. Being expert at calling someone out, that's attractive to a yes. lot of us because of the color of toxic 
nature of the culture that we grew up in. But interviewing a presidential candidate, like where it has happened in the culture, right after she came out with that most demoral, degraded <laughs> song, I was just like, can you just stick to like, I thought she was a stripper. Like, can't you just stick to what you're good at? Like, why you gotta... And I think that this is a conversation perhaps that we can continue tomorrow because a lot of the, the a lot of the criticism or a lot of the, like the, what's the word I'm looking for? A lot of the people that were like fighting the criticism on the song, like a lot of the messaging was like, well, if men rappers can do it in their songs, then why can't a female No, rapper? no, okay. And That's I such was a just stupid like, argument. It's I like, know. The argument is men can degrade themselves and women, so why can't we? Uh, or men, like, why is it better when men do it? It's equally degrading. So maybe that should be called out too. That's not an argument. That's stupid. It's like, well, you did something stupid, so I want to do it too. What? And, and, and just to like kind of wrap this all up in a really nice package, I think when we look at entertainment culture, it, as opposed to kind of like ancient Greek theater or the, the Indian theater that you were bringing up, where it's very intentional, it's for purification purposes, it's for spiritual purposes, when we kind of juxtapose that to entertainment culture, um, it's very much that. Well, if they can do it, then I'm going to do it too. And if they right. went this, And if they went this far... I'm going to do it this far too. Oh, they made something crazy degraded. That means we got to one up it because right. we got to be even more degraded because that's going to sell more, you know? And that's, well, kind that, of this, you that's know? the other point. The, yeah, we, there's a lot, there's a lot to unpack here in one sense, but that's the other point. And uh, cause it's taking place in the context of an industrial world mm. where whatever, where the person, the objectification of the person, um, cells you've commodified your personality you've commodified your body yep. and you can use that as a means to gain money as a means to gain uh, fame and attention yeah. and therefore well if they did it to make money and to get attention i won't and since that's the name of the game <laughs> in an industrialized world like in an old world let's say like an old vedic world for example you know you're not a commodity you're a human being and human beings are expected to act in a way that's befitting of human life. And so these sorts of things wouldn't be able to work in that context. But we're in the context of a culture where human life is not valued as mm. life itself or as a commodity. And so it, it changes the name of the game and what people aspire for in such a culture and so on. Anyway, yeah, so there's a lot, there's a lot there. There's definitely a lot here. Yeah. There's definitely a lot to unpack. And thank you all for the comments. Madhavapuri has been making some, some fire yeah. comments. Some intense right. ones. But I'm like, yes, I agree with you. One bad choice away from hell, all of us. That's facts, dude. That's facts. facts. That's facts. facts. And, One bad you know, choice away from hell. That could be another Absolutely. shirt. That could be another t-shirt. That could be another t-shirt right there. Um, and I really like what Madhavapuri was saying about, again, Cardi B that um, I heard, I had friends tell him about it and the friend said that it was like auditory porn. Yeah. And this is a topic that you like to speak about a lot. And I think, I think this is where the bargaining aspect comes in, where it's like, oh, well, I don't look at visual porn, but I'm going to hear this crazy song. Or I don't hear this crazy song, but I'm going to watch this really bad video. Dude, you know, like, like, that doesn't work. I have first-hand experience of being in a city in New York, walking down the street, hearing someone say something very vulgar, 
in your mind. <laughs> this kid's like jacked up. You're like, oh my God. Jacked up. A jamium. Jacked <laughs> up. Pure Brahmana to a jamium. One yes. bad choice away from hell. <laughs> you know, you hear that, that vulgar word or thing, and you're just one bad choice away from hell. Yeah. PB Chat says, yes, that's t shirt worthy. Yeah, and that's a very powerful message, actually. It is. I think that's going to be my next quote on my Instagram page. You, you see how I got this little I thing see. on my Instagram page? Got a little pattern now. I see. I see. It looks nice. I think this is a good. <laughs> I think this is a good quote to talk about because I definitely feel this quote. I always, I would, I would always talk to Jaya personally. Like you know, as many of you know, Jaya and I used to be roommates at the Bhakti Center when we lived there, and I would always tell him like. God, really? Like, it's like, if, if you choose to make one wrong step, get in one wrong cab, go out with one wrong person, do one wrong thing, it's like, you'll wake up the next or morning. Or like, one wrong click. Or know. one wrong click. It's like, you'll wake up the next morning, like, oh, get me out of here. Like, you know, like, tied to who knows what. Yes. We don't need to go into details. But Marvel like, that's... Puri, he's telling here that the, his friend told him that the song turned him on. Yeah, such a discount. Anyway, we talked about a lot of stuff here. We can close it out. Just so. yeah, this <laughs> world is this world is dangerous. Mm. You know, the side of safety is hearing from the acharyas, hearing from sadhus, hearing mm. scripture. That's the side of safety. And once we open that other door, we don't know what's coming in. PB Chat said, "Or one or one trip to Mexico." <laughs> <laughs> but but I, something that we can also speak on tomorrow, there's so many avenues that we can go to this, is that it also really comes down to what your, what your conception of the world is. Because if you are in a secular, mundane, materialistic conception of the world where everything is for my entertainment, everything is for my pleasure, then none of this stuff will seem wrong to you, you know? Right. Everything will just be like, yeah, Cardi B, yeah, whatever, Joe Biden, yeah, like this, you know? None of it will as seem long wrong as they're to not, you. As long as they're not hurting anybody... As long as they're, um, they're hurting everybody because they're destroying the culture. But that's if, your religious judgments coming down on them. It's like, all right. so it really, it really comes down to worldview, and you know, right. maybe like a chit chat ago, we spoke about the real purpose of life. What is the purpose of your life? You know, is the purpose of your life entertainment, comma, you know, getting involved in politics and whatever like right. this, or is the goal of my life Krishna? and developing my bhakti and getting out of this material world, you know, like right. what's, and, and so it can become very, uh, we, we can talk about this more in the next yeah. chat. This, this has been a great chit chat and I feel like so many different topics have come up that right. we, can, uh, we can go in many different directions with this tomorrow. So we'll be here tomorrow, everyone. Thank you all so much for your wonderful comments, for your wonderful laughter and questions. Sorry if there was a question or a comment that we didn't get to. We tried to uh, have this be as, um, uh, uh dial interactive Inter interactive wow thank you i'm sorry <laughs> interactive oh god thank you duleka davy pb chat madhupuri thank you everyone for joining in and we'll be here thank you parmananda thank you thank you we'll be here tomorrow um i saw hardik was also saying some really nice things so thank you all for mm -hmm. being here thank you missy i saw missy was here money blue skies uh, we'll be here tomorrow at 6 p.m. Hari Hari Bo. Shiv, thank you, Shiv. Hari Hari Bo. Yeah, Hari Bo. Hari.